The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Dr. Deepika Chopra. My passion, calling, and job is really all about blending together holistic practices with real evidence-based science to help people around the world cultivate more optimism, success, and resiliency. You won't want to miss this new podcast as you'll get to hear from elite athletes, recording artists, couples, and maybe even my toddler. So if you're into arming yourself with some new practical happiness tools, join me on Mondays for your morning optimism dose. Oh, and don't forget, things are looking up. Welcome to You're Gonna Love Me, the podcast where we open the eyes, the ears, and the hearts of anyone who has judged or been judged. Well, hopefully. I'm your host, Katie Maloney. What's up, everyone? How you doing? Happy Friday. It's the weekend. Um, and it's summer. Oh my God. Hope everyone has some fun plans. I know I do. Uh, well, I have an all new episode and a very special guest, a returning guest at that. But this time it's a little different because this time she has a new baby and a new book. I have one of my best friends. I got Lala Kent. Welcome. Hi, babe. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Again, I feel like I'm being interviewed by Oprah. That is one of the nicest compliments because I, you know, I mean it. <laughs> I like you and I bump gums all day. And then the second I'm on your podcast, which has only been one other time, but I'm like sweating. <laughs> I mean, I wish that's goals as fuck. I love it. Manifest. If I could have interview skills like Oprah. Don't let it be pressure. Let it be fuel to the fire. I know. Well, I'm feeling like super tired. I wonder super, why. Super tired. Like I, know. I wonder why. I know, but because I spent an entire year doing a whole lot of nothing. Right. And then we're on what? Is this week five? Of filming? Yes. Yeah. So we're, we're filming the show again, guys. And I can't say much because I can't. But all I can say is that it has been an adjustment period because I don't have the stamina. I was going to bed at 9 p.m. Yes, I relate. And like doing, like I would like work out, right? go for a walk, maybe run an errand. And I'd be, you know, that would be my, my thing for the day. And you'd be exhausted. I get it because I would be the same way. It's like if I did anything that like during the pandemic and lockdown, it was like, Oh, I answered an email today. Time for a nap. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I know. And now it's like, go. Yeah. Go, go, go. It's like, get up early and go to bed late. Like every second of the day. I know because with filming, you know, because it's a reality show, you don't really get a schedule. You just kind of get an outline of like, this is where we're going to film. It changes because, you know. Because it's real life and things change quickly. Life changes and, you know, yeah, you got to be, you just got to be ready to pivot on a dime. And it's like, yeah. But also one thing that you don't have to worry about that, like, that really, really works against me is drinking. (laughs) Well, I mean, yes, but I won't even lie when we show up and 
there's tension, it would really be nice to be able to be like, God, I wish I could kill this with a little vodka soda. And that's what really helps is that like sort of it's the social lubricant. Mm -hmm. So definitely like when we're filming, it's always a little, you know, drinking a little more than normal and drinking a little more than I have in the last year. Right. I mean, there was definitely pockets throughout the, the lockdown where we would drink a little bit more than... <laughs> right, because it's like, what else are you going to do? Yeah, like just get a little like, drunk by yourself. The best time ever. Yeah, but you, I try not to fall into that habit. But yeah, I mean, I just am like, oh my God. Nap time. We don't work on Sundays and Mondays. And even that, I'm like, God, I could use one more day of like recovery. Yeah, well, this weekend... Um, we have some friends in town, Taylor Strecker and Taylor Donahue were in town. So of course I wanted to see them. So I didn't get a whole lot of like R and R this weekend. Wanted to go have boozy brunch with them. So I like, know I've never, I never have FOMO and I was watching your story. I was like, Oh my God, I so want to be at Tom Tom with them right now. That looks Tom Tom. Oh my God. Yeah. My body was just like, what the fuck are you doing? You're the only person in the world though, where you show up and you're like, I had a rough day. Like we drank and had the best time and you don't look hung over. Your bounce back is legit. But I don't feel that way. You don't feel that way, but you look that way. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm like, you don't look like you have a hangover. Like when I used to drink, I would show up bloated as fuck. My eyes were red, like beat red. And you just could tell like that girl had a rough night. I mean, I, I didn't like, I didn't go buck wild. We like, we, we had a boozy brunch, but I wasn't crazy. You've never been crazy though. You've never what? like, I mean, you <laughs> have, you have times that you get buck wild, but it's not like, like for me, it was, we're going to a hundred with the drink or we're staying at zero. Like there was no in between which is why I'm an AA and you're not. <laughs> <laughs> like I can't go as hard as I used to when I was younger. Even watching like Vanderpump Rules season two, I'm just like, how the hell did I party like that? I mean, some might say I still do, but like I, that, like there's, I see a huge difference. But... I see a huge difference too, because I've seen <laughs> the show before I was on it. And I'm like, damn, like we really were hanging with we the best of them. Rage. It was so fun though. I don't regret a single second. No, neither do I. Good. Maybe I should, but guess what? I don't. Not productive to regret. I know, but you know what? I was, I've just been reminiscing so hardcore about it. Did you watch the Friends reunion? Okay. I'm so upset. For the life of me, I don't know what's wrong with the cable box. I can't find HBO Max. It won't appear on my TV. I haven't seen it. Okay. Because I know some people like they maybe weren't fans of the show Friends or they, you know, whatever, but it doesn't even matter because it is just, it was just so cute to watch. It was just so entertaining and so sweet. And in the first five minutes, they, they each show up one by one to the, the set. And I was not ready for it. Did you I'm stop? You, I, I started crying immediately. I was like, no, I could have just watched that. And that would have been enough. I would have been like, okay, oh, that was good. I totally get <laughs> it. Because can... just the trailer alone for me was like oh. a sob fest. Yeah. And at first it was like David Schwimmer and then it was Lisa Kudrow and then Jen Aniston. And then like just one by one, they showed up and it was just like, and that was the first time they'd all been back together and to be back together, like on the set. And they were just revisiting. You could just see like just the memories were flooding back and they're like, Oh my God, remember this? Remember this? Did and any of them cry? 
don't give too much away because I fully, I'm, I'm a huge fan of friends. And it's one of those shows that like my niece, who's only eight watches every night. I was really surprised to find out that some of them can't watch or don't watch or their kids will watch it. Like Matt LeBlanc was saying that he's like, he's like, I can't watch it because I, I don't believe it. He's like, I know it's me. I can't like, he's like, you guys are all like hilarious. I get a kick out of you, but he's like, I know it's me. And I just don't believe, I don't buy my acting. Oh, and he's so great. He's so good. He's so so good. good. Yeah. And that's the best part about that show is they're all so good. Yeah. There's a lot of shows out there where you're like, if that character weren't around, like it wouldn't matter. Friends is like the one show that I can think of where every single character is absolutely needed. Don't you think? Oh my God. Yes. There was a point in the reunion when Courtney Cox is like saying, you guys, she's like, you guys, like, this is the only time we're going to do this. We're not going to do another reunion in 15 years. Like this is, this is the only reunion we're ever going to have. Like, this is it. And just like, just having this whole reunion where they're looking back on this, you know, huge, huge show they did together all of them and the bond that they had together and just reminiscing like on everything and just, and they had no idea what a hit it was going to be. Yeah. And just, it's just memories at that point. I was just like, I'm not comparing our show to friends, but you know, well, it kind of is like the real life friends. Like if you watch it, they're pretty fucked up to each other, you know, but they have the (laughs) laugh track behind them or the live audience laughing. I'm just, I'm just saying, you know, it just made me think about how just we all went in to this show, you know, almost 10 years ago together as a group of friends, not knowing what was going to happen, if it was even going to go beyond a first season. And it went and it was just such like a whirlwind, crazy thing. Our lives completely changed. Like, and you don't really know, like until it's almost gone. You know what I mean? Until it's over. Like you don't know, like until, and so I just, when she said that, I was like, oh my God, like you don't want to take any moment for granted because there'll just be memories at some point and you don't get it back. You don't get a redo. You don't get to say like, hold on, let me, let me just, let's get this like grand finale on it. It just, it just will be over at some point. You know, it's so strange that you talk about that right now, because I was talking to Madison, my best friend who, you know, Katie, And I don't think, and we were having a conversation about time. I feel like I have a different view from people around me and maybe people that I do know will be like, no, I relate to that. But from my perspective, I didn't realize what time meant until my dad died. That was when it shifted for me. And I was cleaning out Ocean's onesies and I sobbed and I sobbed to Randall and he was like, but you have so many other things to look forward to. And I'm like, but you don't get it. And you, you may never get it. But when my dad died, I realized how precious time is and like how he became just a memory. And now everything that I go and do, it's like we, I have to just hold on to this tightly because it's not coming back. The world is not going to stop for you. Time is not going to wait for you. So I love that you brought that up where we have to sit and, and really enjoy every moment, even if it's not a very proud moment when we're filming, it's like, we're on a fucking TV show. Yeah. And this moment is not going to last. This show is not going to go on forever, even though we want it to. And let's just say we have however many years left. 
we're never going to get that season back. We're never going to get that That's party what, yeah. back. I think back when I'm like, think back to like season two or when I think about trips and I'm just like, that was so cool. And like, I wish we could like go back to that moment. I wish we could do redo that. I wish I we know. could go there again. And like, we can't, those are just memories. And it's like, it's sad, but it's special. And I never, I don't think I ever took any of those times for granted. I, I, I know like all of us, every year we've always been like this is so fucking cool we've always been so like present in it you know but it's just like you just don't know when you know it's gonna be done and it's no, like we had a taste of that it almost could have been done so we know what that's like yeah so it's just like when oh god when I was watching that reunion it just was like it resonated damn, with it, you. it really did that I was just like it was just a reminder right like, even though I don't, I haven't taken it for granted, it was just a reminder that like to keep just like staying present, like being appreciative of like what you like, where you are. And that's why sometimes like when every time like we go to film to not like get frustrated or, you know, just like to just be like, just look around every time you go to put a microphone on, My be f- happy. Right. <laughs> Even if it's uncomfortable, those are all just fleeting moments. You know, there are so many moments in my short 30 years on this earth where it's like, I've had anxiety and all these things. And then you look back and you're like, if, why would I even put that much energy into like being nervous or scared? Because now here I am and that moment seems like whatever. So I love that you say like, every time you put a mic on, enjoy it. Even if it's like you're walking into sketchy territory, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. I have a question for you. When you guys got picked up for season two, like what was that feeling like? It was just like, let's do this again. Let's do this again. But how do we do it better? Like what's going to happen this time? Like it was just, I, it was, I think it's the same thing that we have every year of just like, how can we you know, like top the season before? How, like no one get comfortable. I think that's what's, I think, I think that's what's the, the best thing is that no one's ever gotten too comfortable I get that because there are some reality shows I mean, that maybe I watch. Maybe a little bit, but like, that's why I think it's it's good is that everyone doesn't get too comfortable. Everyone is, you know, staying human on this show. Right. Because it's easy to watch yourself back and be like, I'm not going to do that again. Like, I'm not going to feel those emotions <laughs> because even though everyone on the planet has had arguments like we've had on Vanderpump, they just have the luxury of not having it documented. Yes. Yeah. No one ever has to watch it and critique it and criticize it. And right. And every season I go in and I'm like, okay, we're not going to do that, but I can't deny who I am. You know, it's like I walk in and maybe for 30 seconds, (laughs) I try the new approach and it's like this, I can't deny myself. I can't deny them. Lala. I have to give them. You have to give them. All right, we got to take a break because this is really important. So I have been looking for the perfect summer sandal, you know, the one with the thong and a little bit of a heel. Well, I finally found them at JustFab and because I'm a VIP, they were only $10. That's right. When you become a VIP, you'll get your first pair of shoes for only $10 plus 50% off any clothing, accessories, or additional styles that you will fall in love with. So naturally, I had to get the same pair of shoes in another color. And I got this adorable black ribbed 
sort of t-shirt dress that hugs in all the right places. I can dress it up with heels or dress it down with a pair of kicks if I want a more casual vibe. And something else I love that Just Fab offers is shoes in sizes five and a half to 12 with wide width and wide calf options because, you know, great style should be available to women of all shapes and sizes. And as a VIP member, you will always shop at VIP prices. Plus, you'll get access to exclusive sales, products, and collabs, including Kelly Rollins' collection for Just Fab, access to curated collections of Fab Kids, shoes, and clothing. So it's a one place to shop for the whole family and exclusive discounts to amazing partner brands. So how the VIP membership works. So you visit the website anytime between the first and the fifth of the month and decide if you want to shop or skip the month. If you don't shop or skip the month by the fifth, you'll be charged $39.95 as a credit towards your next purchase. So, you know, it's like giving a gift to your future self. I love that. So whether you shop, skip, or get credited, you can always shop at VIP prices. So go to www.justfab.com slash love me to become a VIP and get your first pair for only $10. That's www.justfab.com slash love me to become VIP and get your first pair of shoes for $10. You can't pass up that deal. Okay. Let's get back to the podcast. So you're, you have a baby now. So we're going into this season. I mean, well, just in general, but not necessarily going into the season. But I mean, like you are a different person now. Like right. being a mom, it, it's just going to change you to your core. Your fabric is going to change as a person. So like, yeah. I mean, what do you think has been the biggest change that you felt or you've seen? Or is it just... So when I first got sober, I thought that I would change as a person. But it come to find out like the crazy is just in my DNA. <laughs> But having Ocean, I think, has softened me a lot. And I I think before I react because I know that I have a little human being that's going to, that I'm raising. And I want her to be a better person than I have been, even though I know she's going to make mistakes just like we all do because that's just part of being human. I want her to look at me and say like, wow, my my mom really did lay out an amazing person to look up to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that you get so emotional when you talk about her. I, I love her so much. I, know. I mean, does it shock you how much you loved her? I mean, I know people say that, but like, Katie, I, I no imagine, one can prepare you. I know they say that, but no, like, like, and I tried because Brittany, you know, when she first came over to meet Ocean, she was still pregnant. I was like, you have to enjoy every second because and like, I wanted her to get it. And she would, she would say, I know I'm so excited. And I'm like, no, I, I need you to get what I'm saying to you right now. And no one gets it until you have your child, like come out into the world that you've been sitting with for nine months. And you, you just sob because your heart literally feels like it's so full. It could explode. You're like, how in the world did I go 30 years in my case without you in my life. Really? Yes. Oh my gosh. And you know, there are times because I'm, I love to inflict, you know, mental pain on myself and I don't know why, but I think about like, if anything were to ever happen to her, just like 
put me in my car and drive me off a cliff. There's so many times where people are like, I would die for you. I would literally die for ocean. I mean, I feel like the, about my dogs. So like, I can't imagine a human. No, I, I told Randall, <laughs> how could I ever love anything more than I love Lily? Even when ocean was in my stomach, I'm like, I just don't think I could love anything more than I love my dog. <laughs> and somehow it happens. Yeah. So, I mean, when you were going into the season, were you worried like that you wouldn't be able to give them Lala? I wasn't. When I got sober, I was worried, like, am I going to be You're interesting? more worried about being sober than, okay. I mean, listen, you still are giving them Lala. Thank you. Sober. But yes, when, when I had Ocean, I, I wasn't worried because I felt like this is, even though I am a new person, my, I still have strong opinions. I still want to let you know what I think you know, I wanted to be an actress when I moved out here, but little did I know, like my sharp tongue was the perfect thing for reality TV, (laughs) you know, and I don't think that'll, yeah, exactly. You know, we're cut from the same cloth. The, the only difference is, is I think my delivery is different. I'm not so quick to be like, fuck you, Bambi eyed bitch. I'm a Michael Vick fighting dog. You know, like (laughs) I, I articulate myself in a very different way. And that's something that just kind of set in once ocean came. You know, I deal with Randall differently. When my mom pisses me off, I deal with her differently. It's just a shift. It's growth. It is growth. For sure. Is there any like mom stereotypes that you've kind of fit into that you didn't think you would? Not really. You know, I, everyone always talks about like this mom shaming, which I I've experienced at some level. Like when I first gave birth ocean was not pooping. And that's like a huge thing. Like they say the baby's got to poop within 24 hours or, you know, they run the risk of jaundice. And so they put her on formula and the lactation specialist walked into the hospital room. And the first thing out of her mouth was, why is there formula in here? Oh God. And I was like, holy shit, this is a thing. Oh my God. Like big fucking deal. There's formula in the room, you know? So little things like that, or like people saying like, why do you feel the need to post you breastfeeding? It's like, well, bitch, cause I want to just cause I want to like, why are you posting that you're eating a kale salad? I think that's annoying too, but like, I'm not asking you why you do it because I assume you did it cause you wanted to. Is the, is the mom shaming like rampant? Well, I turn off my comments. And I don't go through my DMs because I get, I do get affected. And I think it's just easier, like, because I know that I could have a hundred amazing comments and one bad one. And I know I'll fixate on the bad. Yeah. I, know. I just do myself a favor and say, you liked the picture, you posted it and you don't need anyone to give you props or rip your head off for it. So we're just going to turn it off. Well, I mean, listen, being able to voice anything good or bad is a privilege, right? Having that is a, is a privilege on your space. So if you want to take that away, right, that is, that is your right. So I don't see anything wrong with that. I think some people have, believe it or not, opinions about that too. Shocking. Right. But you know, guess what, everyone, you don't reserve the right to say whatever you want to people on their Instagram pages. So my Instagram page is like my house, you know, it's my, my social social media home. And it's like, you're more than welcome to like come and enjoy, but like take your fucking muddy shoes off at the door. (laughs) You know, that's how I I think of it. I know but people, people think because, you know, you are on a reality TV show, you are, you know, a public figure that they get 100% access to your life. They, they should be able to come on your Instagram and tell you whatever they want 
and whatever they think about you because you are a public person. Right. It's like, they're like, well, that's what you signed up for. It's like, no, not really. No, that's not what I signed up. I didn't sign up to hear your opinions, Ashley. Yeah. I actually didn't. If you want to go on Reddit, there's a place for that. If you want to go on forums or if you want to go on whatever and scream your nonsense into the abyss, you could do that. Totally. But, which I avoid those sites at all costs. <laughs> yeah. But you don't, you don't have to come like, but my space, I, I get a control. There's places where you can do that. Facebook groups, the, there's all kinds of things for that. But like my space, I get to control. Totally. But you take that away from them and they lose their mind. I know. It's a little crazy. <laughs> I know. So your other baby that you've had. Yes. <laughs> the other baby is your book. I know. Give them Lala. I know. I officially have a book. Was there even like any other like titles that you considered? No, <laughs> I didn't. I know. I, I maybe should have thought of other names, but it was, it just seems so fitting. And it, it was supposed to be a fictional book. Really? Yes. What, like about what? I was just going to take pieces of my life and put them, give them to a different character and tweak things and maybe make things that weren't as interesting, maybe even more interesting. Like you were going to do a full on like young adult novel. 100%. Style. Oh. Yes. And then, you know, I, as I was shopping the book and then I walked into Simon and Schuster and they said, we think your idea is great, but we think we have a better idea. And you come from your perspective on these stories that you've laid out for us and you title the book, give them Lala. And I was like, you are so on my same page. <laughs> Interesting that you didn't want to just, you didn't want to do that. Cause I feel like that would be something you would suggest. I know. And you know, when, when writing a book or when you just like come up with the thoughts of like wanting to, there are a lot of people in your ear that are like, this could be a great idea for you. This would be a great idea. And then you kind of just like, run with those ideas until someone else brings you exactly what you had in your mind the whole time. Yeah. Does okay. that make sense? No, I told, I can totally. Yeah. Cause you always think about these things and then someone else is like, what about this? And you're like, Oh, right. Yes. Okay. What was the hardest part? Was it, was it sort of like deciding which stories you wanted to tell? Yeah. I, before we, you know, got down and dirty with like expanding on stories, I wrote a list of things that had happened in my life that affected me or just that I thought were funny or interesting, life-changing. And then we went through, or I went through and scratched off things that were, you know, from, from least favorite topics to my most favorite topics, which when I say least favorite, I just mean like these could be in the book or not. And from there we hired a ghostwriter, which is a very common thing. I, I don't want to pretend like I'm a writer in any sense of the word. I enjoy it, but I in no way know how to write a book solo. But the ghostwriter, who I love and adore because we spent every single day on the phone, did ask me how involved in the writing process do you want to be? And I said very because I wanted the book to sound like me. We talked every day on every topic and I just kind of like, she recorded me and I just shared every feeling I've ever had. She wrote everything. And then I went back through and literally rewrote every single chapter. And it was Katie, when I say it was like 12 hour days of me being in bed, like I would wake up, grab my laptop, have 12 cups of coffee. And I just would write my ass off. 
then she would go back through with a fine tooth comb and that's how we got the book done. So it was just like rewrite, 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 rewrite. Tons of rewrites. And then, you know, we, we also argued a lot about, you know, I'm like, this has to be in the book. And she's like, but the way that it's laid out doesn't make sense. I was like, I, I don't care. That's the, you know, you're coming from like a very, like, I'm a writer. I went to college for this and I'm coming from, this is my story. I want it laid out exactly the way it is. You wanted to just sound like the way you speak. Correct. Okay. I got you. I got yes. You. Okay. What was the, the hardest chapter? Not in terms of like what you just said, but in terms of the subject matter. So there's actually three. The, the abortion topic was one that I battled a lot. I knew I wanted to share it, but then I'd go to bed and I would wake up in sweats, you know, just cold sweat drenched being like, what are you doing sharing this? And even my publisher was like, I, I just want you to be careful because I think you have it in your mind of how people are going to react. And I don't necessarily know that that's the version that you're going to get. And you have to be okay with that. You know, it's a very sensitive topic in lots of places, especially right now. But what has the response to that been? Oh my God. Good. And, and I don't go through DMS, but once the book came out, I wanted to repost a lot of people that had bought the book, give them shout outs and love. And I had an outpour of just like amazing stories from people Oh wow! that were very, I, I have yet to come across a mean one about that chapter, which I'm sure they're in my DMs somewhere. I haven't seen them. I mean, I think, I think, you know, when someone who's in the public does talk about that openly, you, you know, other people feel a connection to that because, you know, people can feel alone. It can be scary. So I, I would imagine that, you know, there would might be some people that want us to talk negatively, but you know, for some people, they would might really feel a connection to that. Yeah. And that's what I found. And I do not regret for one second, putting it in the book. I'm so happy that the side that wanted me to put it in the book, I'm glad that side won. And then the other hard part was the death of my dad, like re having to revisit those thoughts was definitely draining on those days that we were in that chapter. It was like, that was enough to put me to bed for a really long time. When I spoke about, you know, my dad's financial issues because my dad's not here. So I wasn't able to tell him like, I'm going to speak about this and how it affected me. I didn't even check with my mom. I didn't, I didn't really check with anybody to see like, Hey, do you care if I put this in the book? I kind of, I didn't want anyone to weigh in on, on my feelings because at the end of the day, it is my book. So that was another hard one that I struggled with, but I, I felt like it needed to go in the book because there are so many things out there that, you know, like you're a gold digger, you're with so-and-so for his money. And it was important for me to put it out there one time. I'm going to explain how my life was back in the day financially. Yeah. And I don't regret that for a second either. Was that kind of, did that kind of become your goal with this and why you chose the stories that you wanted to tell is because you really wanted to tell your story finally. So people could get a real strong understanding of who you are and where you came from. Did that become your goal? That became my goal. When I thought about writing this book, it wasn't like, oh my gosh, these stories are so fucking interesting. Everyone needs to know everything about my life because it's that awesome. (laughs) For me, this was the perfect way to purge and get the monkey off my back. Because I don't know if you know this, but there were many times where I would walk into rooms and just feel like 
I had to explain why I acted the way I did in certain situations. Like I just felt like even though maybe people around me weren't judging me or even had no idea who I was, I felt like I was judging myself constantly. Even though I would tell people like, I don't give a fuck. Internally, I was giving a lot of fucks. It was a constant battle. So this was my way of like, this is exactly how it happened. And we're not revisiting this anymore. I'm not explaining to anybody. No one's getting any more apologies from me. No one's getting an explanation on reasons why I'm not a gold digging whore. This is what it is. And we're letting the horse rest in peace finally. Do you feel good? I feel awesome. You feel like a weight's been lifted? <laughs> I do. I feel like a huge weight has been lifted. And I feel like the the outpour of support has also been a huge, you know, even though I want to say like, I don't care what people think. It always feels good when someone says like your book meant so much to me. And I feel that that was the whole thing. I wanted people to feel less alone. You know, like even though we may come from different places, have different thoughts, like we can connect on some level. Yeah. I mean, that's why I love this podcast and why I want to talk to people is just because I think at our core, we have so much in common. We're human, you know, and and getting down to that, even if it's a small thing, I think, you know, finding what that is and connecting is what was really fun. One of my favorite chapters. Well, I haven't, I haven't been able to read all of it because, you know, obviously I've I mean, been, I wonder what you've little... been doing. <laughs> what have you been doing that you couldn't finish an um, entire book? But obviously it was the chapter, the homewrecking horrors have feelings too. Cause it talked about, you know, Vanderbilt rules and it talked about me. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I'm trying to make it about me cause this book was about you, but you said something that you said being Lala had become too much for me to handle. Yeah. And that was, that was at the time when you were in a relationship that you were not able to be honest about, you left the show, you left, sir, you, you disappeared because it all became too much. And then you came back and you quit and you were going to leave the show, right? Yeah, no, I had every intention of moving back to Salt Lake City, Utah. But then the reunion came. And I like that you put that in there because it all became like too much for me as well, because I had spent so much time doing my own like sleuthing because I had my own like hurt and anger and revenge and whatever you want to call it. Just, just, just really negative. Yeah. Really negative things kind of pent up against you. And just, I was not going to let you get away <laughs> with anything. You know, that was, that was a really dark, hateful time in my life because yeah, you, it was, it started off and you were like fallback. Stassi is like, why was he married? You know? And I just remember, I was just like, I just wanted to apologize. I also like, it's just like, I'm not even being myself right now. Like I wanted just to like win. I, I, I remember it started to occur to me in that reunion that we I was like, oh my God, we're so much alike. Yeah. We are so much alike. And it just started clicking to me that I was like, I know what's happening here. Yeah. She has the same kind of like social armor, the same kind of fighting style that I did. And I was just like, I got to fucking apologize to this girl. I was shook by that. And in that moment, like, and I put this in the book and, and we've spoken about it. That was the shift for me where I looked around and I was like, these are my people. I can feel it. It did all change from that. I mean, not, it wasn't like instantaneous. No, I'm very much similar. You know, when 
people let their guard down with me, when people apologize or when people, you know, forgiveness is, is a really weird thing because sometimes we don't always forgive for that person. We forgive for ourselves, you know? So regardless of whether or not someone, you know, is, is forgiving you for what you did, if they're forgiving for themselves, it means that you're moving forward and that's the only way to progress. And that's something that I think sometimes people really struggle with because they want to hold on to that and they want to poison themselves with all that. But also just like being able to say the words, I'm sorry, people struggle with. And I've never gotten that because I, I don't really struggle with that word. I actually throw that word out quite often <laughs> because, you know, whether it's for myself or for other people, who the hell knows. But I also am the type of person that moves on pretty quickly. I can shake things off and move on in the second that you apologized and I apologized. I, I felt the wall come down for both of us. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, I feel like with you, I learned a lot. It was a huge lesson because I, oh, I said to you the other day, like, I just, I had to realize that I didn't have your number. I didn't know you. And it, and I realized in that moment that there was a lot that I wasn't understanding and then when, you know, when I was able to realize that I was wrong and yeah. I didn't care about being right anymore, I didn't care about, you know, owning you. Right. <laughs> and proving everyone that like, you're actually the bad guy here and I'm, you know, I'm the victim or whatever the fuck was happening. That's how I feel in, in most situations, even if I can't relate to what someone is going through, I always, you know... I try to put the shoe on the other foot, even though sometimes it is difficult because it's like, I really can't relate. I try to the best of my ability to relate. And, you know, it was, I always say the silver lining of that was that it was fucking phenomenal television, you know, because you have to find the upside or you'll go crazy. Well, yet now I can look back and say, oh my God, that was crazy. Well, we laugh all the time. We always go, what? That... I call you a whore. I call it like I see it. You know, like we were slanging insults at each other. It was like the craziest shit I've ever seen. For those chapters, Katie, I had to go back and watch because I couldn't bring myself to remember because I now only look at you as like, that's my best friend. I look at Stassi like, that's my girl. Like how we've never fought ever. So I had to go back and watch episodes to take myself back to like what that was like. Right. Yeah. <laughs> cringe I know, as so fuck. when people are like how can you be how can you be friends with someone like that and you guys like you called her a whore and now like she's she's your best friend I'm just like yeah you know what it's called growth yeah learn about it it's called moving on like yeah. if you can't move on you're gonna live a very miserable life but it's your life so I don't really care what you do yeah it's crazy that, that anyone think that's a weird thing I'm like that's I think that's pretty fucking amazing that you could go from being like enemies, mortal enemies with somebody to like forgiving, apologizing, breaking down that wall, like really understanding someone, like falling in love with that person and then like growing into like a beautiful friendship. That's pretty amazing. I think it's amazing. I think the bounce back of our entire group is pretty awesome. Yeah. You know, like we have done and said some crazy things to each other. And I think everyone's bounce back is pretty on point. And I think it's absolutely amazing. I think that makes for a happy, healthy life. Mm -hmm. I think people walk around harboring negativity, not speaking the truth, 
not saying how they really feel. Mm-hmm. And we do maybe to a fault, maybe saying a little too much, but you know what, at least we know how each other feels, you know, at the end of the day, at least like at one point or another, we've, we've gotten it all out there and we moved past it and onto like a, you know, really honest place with one another. So congratulations on your book and you got give them all the beauty you got give them all the baby I know which is so cute I know I'm really proud of I I you know give them Lala started as just like a little tagline and now it's turned into an umbrella that we have give them Lala beauty it's really amazing to see like what I was able to do with Vanderpump Rules giving me so much opportunity and I'm proud and excited that you gave me a chance to like, you know, get the plug on your podcast. (laughs) Perfect. All right. Well, I love you. Um, do you have a rage text of the day? You picked me on like the worst day. I I woke up so happy today. And I send some love out there. Like the opposite, a love text, a love text. My love text for the day is what it always is. Go out into the world, slay the day and do you boo love that all right well everyone be kind to yourselves and have a great weekend until next time bye thank you so much for listening please make sure to subscribe leave a rating and review follow along on social at music kills kate and tune in next week for an all-new episode 